0: Hello and welcome to the Unpart Roles podcast, part two with Brian McDermott. So we're going to have a look at some questions that have been sent in to us, maybe have a little chat about what the situation is now at Redden Football Club and just a general oversight. So Daniel Curtis has sent in a question and said, what was the turning point that season referencing the 2011-12 or were there many? I remember walking out of the ground after the Stevenage FA Cup game and thinking, that's it, the season's over. Boy, was I wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was a turning point. We, we normally did quite well in the Cup. Um, got to a couple of quarterfinals. So that was a real blow to go out and But we weren't very good that game. Um, ter- there was a couple of turning points, I think. Uh, I think bringing Alfie and uh, Kasper in. Obviously, we lost four big players in the summer. Started the season five defeats on the spin, four in the league uh so bringing Alfie and casper in that was a, that was a pick me up
0: and in january bringing jason in uh, yeah jason. that leads me to the next question actually brian Actually, sorry but did he realize george Hobby says did he realize what an impact jason robert was going to have was roberts always the number one target or was he amongst the list of others no no it was the only target i had
1: i had i didn't have any interest in anybody else but jason roberts it was a tough deal to get over the line um, but i wanted to get him and he hadn't been playing a, a lot, a particular amount, but I just felt he was the absolute spot on character that we needed. And you can't, you know, you can look back in hindsight and go, well, actually, yeah, of course I thought he was going to do this, and but you never know. And it worked for him. He, he didn't get injured. He was fit. He was strong. Um, he was, he was one of those people and players that kind of the lads gravitated towards. Um, you know he' do little bits of training, finishing sessions after after training shooting sessions and players would join in with him, um, which was good and he he had that sort of quality about him. and I used to watch him before the games and just walking around and the confidence that he would he would he he got, he had that aura of confidence about him that, that that we needed at that time just to give us that little bit more of an impetus. It made a massive difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was just another leader in that squad. There were so many of them, wasn't there? It wasn't just one. It was a whole team of them, which is pretty unique. It's quite interesting that you say that because I remember we got beat by Hull 1-0 and I was
1: talking to Nigel, Nigel Gibbs afterwards. I said, we need to produce leaders. We need leaders on, a, on the pitch because it was we were a little bit meek and mild at the time and we'd lost these games. And leaders, um, players became leaders... You could see the players growing and, you know, all of a sudden you would get not just one, but five, six, seven, eight players that you could say, he's a leader now, he's a leader now, he's a leader now, a leader now. You know, our captain was was a, was a left winger, which is unusual, but Joby led by complete example, the way he trained, the way he conducted himself, the respect that the players had for him, the respect that the staff had for him. Um, he would call people out if he had to, you know. You, you you got and 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 those senior players they just grew together, and they were so important. And your dressing room is only as good as your senior players. If the senior players are top top draw, they bring the that that brings the the rest of the players with them. The younger players watch them and they go, I want to be like that. That's how I can I'm going to conduct myself.
0: Yeah, I remember talking to Jem Carter and saying how much he idolised Steve Sidwell. And just saying that, that it backs up everything you know. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just uh, interesting seeing all this insight here. And uh, another question here from uh, Jonathan Holstop. What did he learn about the squad after the early core form in 2011-12? I remember we started the season with Joseph Mills, Griffin and Kamano in defence. Which signing would he say was key that season? Roberts, Alf or Gorks? Probably all of them, isn't it? Well, to start
1: with, it was... Um
0: it was Casper, uh, because
1: we needed to show ourselves up a little bit at the back. And he had leadership skills. He's not a quiet man, but strong, determined, tough. And he'd been there and seen it, done it. He'd won the league the, the year before. So that was the most important. I always believe you start from the back anyway. Um, Yeah, so that that was really, really important. Um And then obviously, you know, Milsey Joseph came in and and then Alfie was doing his stuff up the pitch and, uh, yeah, you, you need goals. But but because we were so solid, I think that season we went 20 games and not scored in the first half, which is mad. I mean, you know, if you actually look at that, everyone was talking about we can't score. And we were saying, well, look, we're not bothered. If you don't score in the first half and it's nil-nil, just stay in the game, stay in the game because you know you're going to win. You know you're going to score a goal. You will score a goal. You know that they can't stay with you. You know that they can't be as fit as you. You know they won't be as disciplined as you. And the message was repeated over and over and over again. And if you say something, if you say something enough times, we'll believe it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I've got a question here about Matthew Monte, actually, from Nick Knight. Matthew Monte really enjoyed his cameos at the start of that season. seemed a huge character with loads of skill, but probably quite tricky to manage. I don't know. We can ask Brian out of the picture after Xmas. I'm sure Brian has some stories about him.
1: He wasn't tricky to manage. He's real talent. He did he, two. He scored two goals for us against Mill, He scored two goals against Bristol City. So he was a big part of. Of, of that team going up. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he was part of it. He was part of of that. But I think with with Matthew, Matthew wanted to... Um, he wasn't patient. He just needed to be more patient than he was. And he should have hung around. But he was desperate to, to play all the time. And I totally understand that. But we needed to do what was best for the team. And... Um, I, I, I wanted him to be around all the time so we could he could learn from us, he could grow with us, but that didn't happen. So, um, But I've got the utmost respect for him and I think the Reading fans will look back at him fondly.
0: Yeah, totally. I remember the goals against Millwall and the, the kind of backhill flick against Bristol City, which was a massive goal.
1: Some of the stuff he did in training was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And the two goals against Millwall, I mean, we're 2-0 down there and we're getting well beaten that's not a good start to the season. He scores two worldy goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. If we lose that first game, you kind of, I don't know how you feel, because obviously when I look back at the one hundred and six game, we did okay in the season, we did okay losing the first game, but you don't want to lose the first game of the season, do you really, at home? You don't want to lose the first game, then you don't want to lose four on a spin after winning the second, but I think you just
1: deal with what you've got to deal with, and I think that's the most important thing. You You can't change what's going on, you have to deal with it, and, uh I think having too many regrets and looking back is not very positive. So it's pointless to do that. Um, and to be honest, we didn't do that.
0: Someone says here, um, uh, we got another question here from uh, Alex Emmett, which is moving on to a different world. Would you be willing to come back as a scout or a director of football? I'm sure you've been asked this many times before. I think
1: the question is is is, is you know, would you come back? I think it's like I've said, the The structure of the football club has got to be right. You know, you need to have the right director of football. You need to have the right people in place. Everybody knows who's answering to who, um, and even coming back to rec- to do recruitment or something like that, which is what I did. I did that for nine years with, with Steve and and and, uh, and Alan, and I loved that. I loved my time doing recruitment. I love trying to find players. That's what I do. Um, so. The structure has to be right. Otherwise, if you just come back into a situation and you haven't got any input, or you're you're not the person that can make the decision. Like we 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 knew who were recruiting the players when Alan was there, when when Steve were there, we knew we knew what was required, and Nick Hammond was a massive part of that, and the scouting system that we had was excellent, and we scouted well. Um, so look, it's, it's in you know it's a great place and it would have to be, the structure would have to be right. And I think that's the key.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I do worry about the structure of Redden Football Club at the moment, but we could go into that for hours. So I don't want to get bogged down in that one, I don't think. Uh, A few more questions here. There's a good one here from uh, Biscuit Analytics, which moves me back into your coaching days at, uh, sorry, your scouting days at Redden Football Club. When Skelton, before his management days at RFC, what were the three non technical qualities he'd most be looking for in players he watched? Um, attitude,
1: um, athleticism, um, pace, power, um, and then character which we found we'd have to find out about later on down the road. Um, I think they were, signing good people was always the key for us, you know, and and, and we got that right most of the time. We always did our, our homework on what kind of character we
0: were signing, and that was really, really important. Yeah. When you look back at those players, as we've discussed already, saying what amazing people they are. We've got one here from John Hyde, out of that team, who does he think to go on? Who? Sorry, I've been so probably Out of the team, who does he think will go on to have a career in management? Personally, myself, I'll let you answer in a moment, Brian, the person I'd love to come back to render at some point would be Joby Um, I don't know what you think about that, but... Yeah, Joby's looked to me that sort of a character that could, you know, he's doing
1: his stuff on the TV at the moment, he's doing brilliantly. Yeah. Um, there's a number you know Kasper's doing his stuff in in Latvian heading up Latvian football um Piercy maybe Alex Mm. you know um I I could see that as a coach Noel was doing his stuff now as well (coughs) there's a number you never know never know amount of managers that I played for will have turned around and said there's no way that guy's going to be a manager um so you don't know it's really hard to say yeah they've all got good They've all got strong, um, they've all got, they're have all they all capable. They're all capable and anything that they turn their hands to do, they'll do all right, all of them.
0: Yes, there's, there's lots of questions here. Um, um, it is uh, an opinion, given the ownership style of the guys for the last five years, can you see things turning around and Reading being competitive and sustainable in the league or already locked in path they've been set? I mean, I hope that's not the case for us, but yeah, Brian, what do you think? I'm just guessing, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. been a long time now. And uh,
1: once again, we come back to the same issues. Um, for me, it's obvious. You know, you need to structure the, the people, the right people in place. The same stuff has been going on for a long, long period of time. And you keep doing the same stuff, you keep getting the same thing. And that's what's happening. And uh, maybe it needs to change. The dynamics need to change. You, know, you need to bring in three or four really strong people that not necessarily that are ex-redding people or anything like that, but just people that fans know who they are and they can talk to the supporters. Because for me, I look at it and no one talks to the supporters. It's like, you know, that was really key to me to say, look, this is what's going on. This is what isn't going on. This is where we're at. But we never had that problem. You know, the the, the, the figure at the football club was the chairman. Sir John, everyone knew who he was, Nigel Howe was there, Nick Hammond was there, the recruitment was there, I was doing the managing bit or whoever that was. So yeah, it's um, it's really difficult to say. It depends on
0: which direction the owner wants to
1: take the football club.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, one final question here. Um, are there any players that you looked at at Reading and you came close to signing but you didn't quite get it over the line for whatever reason it was, and you look back and think, oh, that could have made a difference.
1: Um, Gilfin, second time
0: in uh, January
1: when we were doing pretty well and we stopped, got ourselves out of the bottom three. At uh, We tried to get Gilfi, and the owner said that the money was there, but whether it was or whether it wasn't, I'll never know. Uh, I tried to get Shane back that summer, um, but we bought Pavel Pabaniak. Um, but I did try and get him back. Uh, and I think it would have it would have happened if we'd have paid the five or six million quid or whatever that was. Um, that might have made a big difference to us at that time. Um, but apart from that, really, you know, it was a, you know I, I enjoyed I enjoyed disappearing off in different places around the the globe, trying to find you know the sort of players for hundred grand or seventy grand. And you know, it's difficult to do that these days. It's a it's a different world that we live in but we knew we were a, we were a good buying club and Nick Hammond was very good at selling players as well so you know we, we we ran the club in a really good
0: proper manner and that's why people would always talk about how well the football club was run yeah when we look at all the Icelandic players that you got it was quite incredible I mean <laughs> the quality that they brought to the team as well yeah, it's sensational
1: yeah absolutely you know that, you know Ivo and Brino and uh, and gilf you know absolute top top drawer people and the way that they 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 uh, they produced fantastic
0: uh, moments for us yeah totally and uh, thanks a lot brian i really appreciate your time you're an absolute hero for doing this for me and uh, just an incredible person so uh, thanks again Paul, it's been a pleasure you take care thank you cheers Paul, you take care mate